You are listening to the My Sister's Cancer podcast. I'm Kayla Crum, registered nurse and writer. And I'm Ella Beckett, social worker and cancer survivor. We're sisters on a mission to care for the cancer community through the sharing of real life stories, a sprinkle of sass, and lots of support. Join us in a new kind of pity party. It's a pity so many of us carry the heavy burden of cancer alone. So let's make it a party and carry it together. Welcome back to the My Sister's Cancer podcast. This is your co-host, Ella Beckett, here as always with my sister, Kayla Crum. Last week, we talked about control and how frustrating it can be to have a loss of control that comes with a cancer diagnosis. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about the fact that life isn't fair. As we've heard from many of our parents growing up, or we hear still to this day from people, life is not fair. And so we're just going to be unpacking um, a few different angles of what that means, specifically related to cancer, but also more generally. So one of the first things that I wanted to touch on is actually a post that I made on Instagram about a year into my cancer journey. Um, And I remember I posted a photo of a little cactus and succulent that I had gotten, I think as a gift or something. Um, And the caption that I wrote was, being negative only makes a difficult journey more difficult, friends. You may be given a cactus, but you don't have to sit on it. Um, And I think that's just a good place to start because in my mind, the things that we're dealt in life, the things that come our way, are sometimes cacti, right? Like they're prickly, they're not great, um, they're dry, whatever you want to follow with the metaphor to be. Um, But that doesn't mean that you have to sit on the cactus and be miserable about it. And I just feel like that's a good place to start because it kind of ties into what we were talking about last week with us not really having control over what happens to us, but we really do have control how we respond. If you've been listening along with us, you know that we're not here to promote positivity or toxic positivity. Um, But we do believe in the power of positive thinking and in attitude adjustments. Got to let yourself have a few days to wallow here and there. But yeah, life's not fair. Most of us are dealt random crap of varying difficulties throughout our lives. And your response is really all you can control. Um, I do think that here in the United States, it's interesting. I think that our privilege, especially for you and I, Ella, as like white middle-class Christian women, allows us to expect life to be fair. And maybe this is assuming too much, but people who are born into less privileged positions uh, in the metaphor, maybe just surrounded by cacti, they're not surprised by the cacti and they would never sit on it because like who would sit on a cactus? Whereas like, you know, the more privileged you are, 
the easier it is, I think, to when tragedy of some sort befalls you to be like, woe is me. Why did I get sent this cactus? And to like lay back, you know, swooning, fainting lady from silent film style over your cactus. Like, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? And again, I've totally done that. I think there's a place for that. But you got to get up off the cactus. Um, <laughs> because life's not fair. And actually, we all get dealt different cacti through our life. Mm. Um, if you look around and kind of open your eyes, you'll start to see that. I think social media makes it seem like everyone gets flower bouquets instead of cacti. <laughs> uh, and that's just not true. Um, however... We also have this concept of the bootstrap mentality in the United States. So I just said, you know, you can choose to get off your cactus and that's true to an extent. But just like we talked about in our last episode, there are lots of things we cannot control. So in America, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality is strong. We're very individualistic. We believe as a country that anyone can achieve the American dream if they work hard and try hard enough. And that's just not true. We all have different starting points, different weaknesses that are dealt us, different family traumas, physical illness or trauma. Not everyone has the same opportunities available to them. So it's one of those instances where two things can be true. I believe that life, you know, gives us all lemons or whatever metaphor you want to use. And we have a little bit of an opportunity to decide how to respond to that. But at the same time, I do not believe that everyone can just pull themselves up out of whatever pit they're in and make it all fine because that's just not always the case. So I feel like I just talked myself in a complete circle, but I think that's the nature of adult life is realizing that two things are true a lot of the time about almost anything you talk about. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up and acknowledge the fact that even saying that life isn't fair is a sort of privilege. I guess I never really thought mm -hmm. of it that way that like, we almost feel like we're deserving of certain things, right? Like of this great life. And I think that also speaks to, Another basic idea um, that comes to mind, specifically within the Christian world, but I think also in a lot of different faiths and even just a lot of different people who aren't necessarily spiritual, but just believe the idea that like good things happen to good people, right? It's like the whole idea of karma that like you just put good things out there and good things will come back to you, which is just like not true <laughs> um mm -hmm. karma is not your boyfriend taylor swift uh, like <laughs> so sad we love taylor uh, but we don't yes. believe that karma is your boyfriend yeah it's it's definitely tied up in the christian faith even though we don't call it karma like i guess we would call it the prosperity gospel or blessing follows obedience or like yeah, hashtag blessed comes to mind. There's this sense of like, even in the Bible verses, like, um, you know, honor your father and mother and you will live long in the land the Lord has granted you. Like, I don't 
think that that bears out in every circumstance. Like not every single person who honors their mom and dad have a long life. That's just like not literally speaking true. Um, But we can kind of get tangled up in that idea that if we follow God's rules, maybe our life will be a little easier. And the hilarious thing about that is that if you look at the Bible, like the people Mm -hmm. that were like out there for Jesus were in large numbers tortured, killed, martyred, imprisoned. I mean, like Jesus too died, right? So it's like, I don't know how we overlook all of that and think that like good things will come to us if we do things right. Mm -hmm. And yet it's so tempting, right? Like we just, I think, want to believe that there's bad guys and good guys and, and the bad stuff happens to the bad people or at least by the end by the end everyone gets what they deserve mm-hmm. but yeah that whole idea of thinking life has to be fair in the first place just shows how much you think like well i'm one of the good guys and therefore i deserve x y or z when it's really like however you want to conceptualize it the universe god whatever doesn't really owe you anything and certainly isn't out here to like dish out fairness um i've heard the phrase chaos lottery crap just happens (laughs) and that yeah stuck with me um for me as a christian i kind of had to get to a point where i accepted the bad stuff that happens as part of just the free will and fallenness of the world not as like god sending disaster to people necessarily or choosing I guess technically he chooses not to intervene and prevent it but like I don't see it as that active like I feel like the price of free will is is the brokenness of our world right down to our cells like cancer so that chaos lottery framing which I heard from Sarah one of the co-hosts on pantsuit politics another great podcast has just stuck with me as like, yeah, sometimes your number gets drawn and it's your turn in the chaos lottery and life is not fair. It's random and it's terrible. Yeah. So what you were just saying, Kayla, makes me think that in many ways, I think we compare what God has given us or what he hasn't given us. Um, But that also relates to us comparing ourselves to those around us and the fact that comparison in general is the root of thinking that things are unfair i've heard the quote and i believe it's theodore roosevelt who said that comparison is the thief of joy and i think that's so true because a lot of times i don't feel sorry for myself until I'm looking at someone else's life that has something that I didn't even know that I wanted, if that makes sense. And I think, especially throughout all of my cancer stuff, it was like, I was just constantly comparing my life to those around me. And I think it was so hard to see all the amazing things that all these people in my life were getting to do in this like really exciting season of college and new friends and new community. Meanwhile, I was just like going through that absolute hardest time of my life. And so I really just think that like 
if I had been able to compare myself a little bit less or like my current circumstances a little bit less, I really believe that I would have found more contentment and also maybe a little bit more joy in the midst of Mm -hmm. the tough stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. I keep thinking of social media while you're talking. Mm -hmm. I think that it's heightened that idea of keeping up with the Joneses and like, I'm sure in some ways cancer as a young adult sucked more before you could connect online with your friends And in some ways now it's harder because you see everything they're doing. You see everyone's highlight reel all the time. If you're looking at your phone, which that's one of the things available to you when you're strapped up to chemo or whatever. Um, Most of us present our best selves online and you just start to forget that like other people, they might not have cancer, but like, so-and-so's mom died or so-and-so, you know, has a bunch of food allergies. And so it's like affects their daily life every day. And like, they can't just go out with their friends in the same way. Like just so many things like that, right. We all have these different afflictions and they're just usually not super public and not public in the way cancer is too. I think cancer is kind of uniquely public because it's life threatening and you lose your hair a lot of people can kind of right like if you have a bunch of food allergies or a parent or something is you know mentally ill or has died recently like there's some things you can hide especially as a young adult or mask mm-hmm. but cancer is like so uniquely public that i'm sure it's like weird to you do feel like it's unfair when you compare it with other people's stuff And it's like, again, like I said earlier, two things are true. Like, getting into comparing the two of us, it's hard because it's like, okay, you've had cancer twice. Hopefully, I'll never have anything in my life that is even remotely close to how terrible that was. Like, for me personally, you know what I mean? Like, odds are, like, I won't have a diagnosis that is as earth shattering as yours has been now. Hopefully I didn't jinx it. I don't really believe in jinxing, but you know what I mean? Like I'm 27. There's a lot of life left to live, but it's weird that like you kind of have this permanently unfair status or whatever, um, in our lives. And then the part of me that I don't really say to anybody, uh, because it sounds so crass is that like that feels a little unfair to me sometimes I'm your only sister and it's like nothing I ever go through is ever gonna get as much empathy sympathy support love as like what you've gone through and that sounds so petty when I say that out loud it just like I think it has complicated our family dynamics and our relationship and luckily we're all pretty open and like in a good place about it now like five years later but it's just hard as your only sibling to like feel like none of my struggles are ever going to be considered as hard as yours were does that make sense yeah and 
I don't think that's petty at all. I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think, especially when, like you said, it's just the two of us. We're pretty close in age. We're like two and a half years apart, for those of you who don't know. And we're just very close as a family. And I think all of those things just make it that much more complicated. So for an example, um, very tender topic is fertility for a lot of people. And for listeners who might not know, cancer treatment often affects your fertility, sometimes temporarily, sometimes permanently. There's like a whole host of ways it can affect your future childbearing uh, abilities for both men and women. Um, and so obviously that has touched Ella's life and she's still young, but that's just another thing that feels unfair. Like obviously it's unfair to her. It sucks that that's part of her story now and like her future. She always pictured having children. That's like now been sort of tossed in the air and we're not sure where that's going to land. Where as it feels selfish for me to say, I too feel like that's unfair to me. Like I don't have kids yet, but I'm hoping to. And it's like when I have this hopefully joyful news, it'll be colored by the fact that like, I don't know if Ella can ever share that in the same way or Mm -hmm. like my kids might not have cousins in the way that I thought they would grow up with cousins. Like, and it's just so weird because I can like feel that unfairness and like disappointment. And yet like every time my brain is like, but Ella has that so much worse. Like, Mm. it's not fair for you to say that. Like Ella has it worse. And you and I have talked about this. So I'm mostly talking to the listeners here, but it's just things like that, that will always be a part of our life now that kind of color Mm -hmm. the normal family landmarks. Um, Yeah, that just doesn't feel fair, even as a sibling or fair between us. And yet, like, where am I getting my idea of fairness? I don't know. Like we said from the start, like, why do I think I'm entitled to all that? I'm I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, but I think what you're saying is such an important point that, like, cancer changes everything. And I think something that we've talked about a lot as a family is that, like, it's, I mean, first of all, I also just want to say, Kayla, like, your feelings are completely valid and... It's sad to me, of course, that you feel that way and that in some ways, yes, there will always be like that overbearing shadow of the shit show of my (laughs) cancer and how it's affected all of our lives. But um, one thing I think that we've talked about a lot is that grieving what could have been. And I think like the acknowledgement that life is not fair. Like you were saying, two things can be true. Yes. Life is not fair. And we know that, but also like, here's all the things that could have been and would have been, you know, and now might not be. So I think it's totally okay to sit with that for a minute too, and grieve the things 
that could have been if life went a little bit differently. Yeah. And hearing you reflect that back to me makes me be like, oh, like, I don't, it's not fair to you for me to be like, oh, you're this black cloud that's going to follow me everywhere. <laughs> like, that's how I have kind of constructed you now. I like uh, now hearing it said back to me, I'm like, you basically just told her, like, she's going to cast a shadow over your life until you die. And I'm just like, that's not fair to you either. So it just no, like, opens no. up these really complicated family dynamics of like, ah, you have this like weird trump card in a way like you're always going to have it quote the worst and yet like we all know that comparing grief or comparing difficulty like doesn't really serve anyone Mm -hmm. i don't know so this conversation reminds me of the olivia rodrigo song jealousy jealousy she's this like gen z singer that people are comparing to like kind of a weird mix of like taylor swift and avril lavigne she's definitely like pretty angsty um but her first album is called sour and she has the song jealousy jealousy and leading into i think it's the second chorus she says uh their win is not my loss i know it's true but i can't help getting caught up in it all and then the chorus is comparison is killing me slowly i think too much about kids who don't know me i'm so sick of myself i'd rather be anyone else And especially in the age of social media, that's like super on the nose. Um, But that whole idea of like their win is not my loss. That in Mm. particular felt really insightful to me because it's easy to look around. And again, that comparison is what makes us feel like life's not fair. Their win is my loss. Like that person being healthy or on vacation or whatever, having the dream job having the spouse and kids, having the dog, like whatever, like their win is directly my loss, I think is like the space we can get into and feeling like it's unfair when really like we're all just on our own life journeys and they're not all going to look the same. They're not going to be on the same timeline. I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, we have to really strip away the idea that um, somebody gaining or winning or succeeding automatically means that they're taking that from someone else. I've heard Jen Hatmaker, who's like a Christian author, talk about how, um, and I don't think she invented this. I think I've heard this phrase other places, but that like um, the tide rises all the boats in the harbor, right? Like it's not Mm. like there's enough creativity in the world. There's enough opportunity in the world, like people's success doesn't take it away from you it's not pie like all the tide rises all the boats kind of idea and like it's easy like when you see somebody else rising to be like oh they're draining my water or whatever but it's not necessarily true I like that a lot I think that's a really really good perspective and I do think that ties into a little bit of what we were talking about earlier with the unfairness between us as sisters, I think specifically related to like the uncertainty surrounding fertility and everything like that is like someone else getting pregnant, you know, is not a loss to me. Like, I think it's so important that we still celebrate those wins without letting, you know, the uncertainty or whatever, like overshadow the good stuff too. Yeah. I think 
I really admire you being able to say that. Um, it's hard, right, to actually do it, <laughs> to actually yeah. feel happy for other people in those scenarios because it does feel so personal. But yeah, I aspire to do what you just said <laughs> to be able to to celebrate with those who celebrate, mourn with those who mourn, mm-hmm. and not make it about me every single time. Which is hard. I think we all have a little bit of that main character syndrome, as they say. Um, which makes sense. Like, we are the star in our own life. But That's right. Yeah, main character energy, I feel like, perfectly describes little me. I was the star of my own show, and... I don't really know where that innate confidence came from, but like it, it carried me places. Right. And I think one Mm -hmm. thing that mom and I have talked a lot about is I really think that even though overall, I would say that my sparkle and my just relentless confidence definitely dulled throughout the years. Like I do think that, it carried me through cancer in many ways. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. having just that inner zest and strength, like even on the hardest days, like I still felt like, I don't know. I think I have this tenacity and perseverance that came from years of being really sure of who I was and sure of what I wanted. And so Like, I I also know when I was young, I had a really strong will that was often (laughs) difficult for mom and dad to know how to navigate. But I think that, too, is part of what really carried me through everything. And I think if you're able to take that and channel it, like, it can get you through some of the hardest stuff. Yeah, I think that's just another example of the fairness or unfairness if you want to characterize it that way like it felt unfair to me for many years that you were born like so sparkly and sure of yourself and yet like right maybe that was I don't know if I really believe this or not but maybe you were gifted with that because you were gonna face this thing this cancer Mm -hmm. so it's like was it was it fair was it unfair to me was it unfair to you i think it all comes out in the wash like maybe we all are kind of equipped with what we need to an extent um yeah because it's funny just how many years i spent feeling like uh like i wish i had her confidence but then when i think about if i was the one with cancer (laughs) i mean i especially if it had been me at age 18 like you were, I don't know. I don't think I would have had the same quiet strength that you did. I think I, nobody knows how they would have acted. I tend to think of myself as more like of a shrinking violet. Like um, (laughs) now post your cancer and like post therapy for me, I've like found inner strength, but like before all of that, I didn't have great coping tools and I feel like a lot of people, when something happens bad or feels unfair, they go to like anger and I always went to like shame and sadness. So like, this is true when we were kids, like 
say we got like yelled at by a coach, a lifeguard, whatever. Like you would have been like, through them, like rude. Whereas I would be like, oh my gosh, like I broke a rule. Like I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I kind of like wish that my inner response, my knee-jerk response was to be like, well, whatever. And it kind of felt like it growing up, that's what you had. And maybe you needed a little of that energy in the face of cancer to be like, screw you. Like, I don't know. I mean, you weren't just like, I, I want to be clear. Ella had a long, hard road and like had a lot of days where she was definitely down. It's not like she was just mm-hmm. sassing from her bed all the time, but like that inner <laughs> core response, I think is still in there. And I just wonder, I don't think that I would have handled it the same way that you did. So it's just interesting things we only can see in hindsight. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that idea of the fact that maybe we're equipped with what we need, like to get by. That's nice. Yeah. I don't know if I believe it. And that reminds me of our next episode. Uh, Everything happens for a reason in other lives I've loved, which is a book by Kate Bowler, um, who's a cancer survivor and a professor at Duke university. I think we've mentioned her once or twice before on this podcast. She has a podcast also called everything happens. And as I just mentioned in her title, she kind of, unpacks that like she doesn't necessarily believe anymore that everything happens for a reason I kind of walk the line like I like to believe we're born equipped with you know inner strength for what we're about to face and yet at the same time I want to believe that like life happens and it's nobody's fault (laughs) um and there's not always a grander purpose like it just stinks sometimes but um once a season We'll pick a book and kind of talk about it together and recommend it for you guys to read and reflect on Um, because, I mean, our story matters and that's why we made this podcast, but it's great to get some other voices and experiences in here. And uh, we wanted to kind of broaden your horizon. If you've been enjoying, that's a weird word for like a cancer podcast, but if you've been enjoying this podcast, there's a whole wide world of cancer memoirs out there for you to enjoy. So we're going to try to open that up for you a little bit. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.